Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun Newspapers, and Chris Cervello, class of 99, is our producer. It is November 21st, 2022. It's Thanksgiving week. Is that an off week for you guys, maybe, for the week sauce, but not for the varsity? The varsity Sing Second Sports Podcast is, in effect, bringing you what's going on, and first and foremost... It's Uniform Reveal Day. Check our social media for the pictures of the helmet and the swag. The swag is sick. I purchased, I think I was third in line. Uh, Two other mids who apparently are scofflaws and not going to class bought stuff before I did. Uh, But the uniforms are great. Um, You know, the lead up to the game is always fun. We've got great interviews for you this week. We've got Matt Munley from Tickets. Uh, to talk about the uniform reveal and ticket sales leading up for Army-Navy. And we have a great interview with women's basketball alum, Ashley Pelzik and her teammate, talking about their mentoring of the women's basketball program, a program that's struggling right now, ladies and gentlemen. There is no mistake about that. We'll talk about that during the wrap. Um, but Tim Taylor is on to something. He's got a young squad. He loves the plebes. They're going to grow throughout the year, so please stick with them. Those are great interviews this week, but first things first, let's get into what happened this past week. The biggest thing, the very, very biggest thing, and it's unfortunate, on Thursday, November 17th, for the first time in a long time since 2013, men's soccer went to the NCAA tournament. They ran into a buzzsaw down there in D.C., and Georgetown dispatched of Tim O'Donohue's boys 2-0. It could have been worse. Pierce Holbrook was great. Uh, But again, Navy men's soccer did a great job winning the conference tournament, going across town to play Georgetown in that game. They just did not have what it took, and they lost 2-0. Chris Cervello and I were both watching the game. We were very, very interested. But a 56-minute goal and a 69th-minute goal by Georgetown left it all done and there was really nothing else to be to be said the shot disparity says it all 24 shots for Georgetown eight for Navy they just dominated possession Chris Cervello from your perspective I thought it's a whole lot to be proud of but it also gives Tim O'Donohue and his boys something to aim toward right like hey we're not as fast we're not as talented but we're definitely as competitive so now we know what we have to do going into next season your overall perspective of the men's soccer season. Well, first of all, um, as you've said, and Wags have said many times, congratulations to coach OD and uh, the the men's soccer team. Um, I thought they comported themselves really well all year. Um, and they did so against Georgetown. Did I think Georgetown was a better team? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, we kind of played our game. We played the game we played all year. I mean, we let them come to us. 
We came out really strong. I think maybe if we hadn't have given up that goal at towards the end of the first half, it might have been a little different. I thought we were going to get one at the beginning of the second. Um, and then as we, you know, really pressed, um, they were able to get that second goal and, and put it away. Um, I could have seen that game going, you know, go, going differently. So um, I, I think to your point, it, it does give uh, coach a lot to, and, and the guys a lot to think about and to work on uh, in the off season. And I expect this team to be decent again next year. Yeah. I was terribly proud of, of what they did and, and how they showed out. Um, it would have been great for them to get on a plane and go to Tulsa and play in the second round. I really wanted them to play Maryland instead of Georgetown. I, I thought that they matched up better to be honest with you, but uh, it was not to be the season is over hats off to Tim OD and the boys from men's soccer for getting to the NCAA tournament. We know that more tournaments are on the horizon men's basketball. And I'm going to bring in Bill Wagner here to talk about the double dipper that took place over the weekend um, in alumni hall. First and foremost, we hosted a tournament. Uh, UC San Diego came rolling in Friday night and men's basketball took care of business winning 78 to 69. And then Sunday they beat a pretty darn good Youngstown state team, 80 to 67, which I'm going to call the Austin Benini breakout game, ladies and gentlemen, because the plebe rolled out, dropped 23 points. And all that did was take the attention away from the fact that Christian Jones the local Annapolis high school product is now apparently Kyrie Irving without all the craziness. Uh, but all he does is score and do well. Again, Ed DeChalice was Nostradamus like talking about how Christian Jones is going to have an impact this year. Two big wins, Wags, after losing to Juan Dixon and the Coppin State guys. How did you evaluate um, you know, this very important tournament over the weekend against not pushover competition? Well, it's really good to see Navy be able to win games on a Friday night and then turn around and play against Sunday kind of mimics a tournament atmosphere. And that's kind of, I think what coach DeCellis wanted to do was get the team prepared to, for quick turnarounds. If you get to the postseason and have to do so, uh, you called it with Benini. If, if you, anyone saw some of the highlights that were posted to social media, that guy's fearless. He takes the ball to the basket against, you know, bigger opponents. Uh, he played on a very high level amateur athletic union team out in Houston. One that was loaded with, high-flying talent, and he he was the floor leader. So this guy's got a lot of confidence. He's played a lot of big-time ball. Um, you know, Austin Inge is uh, going to see some minutes being shared with Benini. He's playing too well to keep on the bench. Um, you mentioned Christian Jones, who's an Annapolis High guy, and feel really good for him because it, it was looking like he was never going to play meaningful time at Navy, and he has fought his way into the rotation and is now doing very good things. Uh, he got a mention at the uh, Patriot League Awards this week. Uh, he was an honorable mention for uh, Patriot League Player of the Week. And uh, he's scoring the ball, which has always been his strength. But what he's doing now that he wasn't doing earlier in his career is playing good defense because you got to play D to play for Coach D. Uh, and I, I think that Cam Summers has kind of struggled a little bit in the starting lineup. I could see them going with the senior Chris Jones. I would not be surprised, John, if he moved into the starting lineup or at least started getting a little more minutes at that, that one wing position. Yeah, so Chris, this kind of reminds me of our excitement about the basketball program last year when, when they were doing so well and we were talking about the depth. The depth is there. The depth is fun. You, you have no idea who's going to come out and make an impact. Christian Jones, I don't think, got on the floor last year, and I went to a lot of games. 
Um, yeah, you, so you don't know if Patrick Dorsey is going to roll out there. Sean Yoder had been playing very well, had a game where he only had nine points and they didn't need him. So now this is like the, uh, I, I wouldn't call it the recipe for success. I think, I think Coach D just wants to win, but the depth has got to help us, right? Particularly when we get late in the season, we have to deal with that Colgate situation that we always seem to have to deal with. Right now, the early season returns, while not incredibly bright, are at least a little brighter than we expected, maybe, right? I think so. And, you know, Mike here, he talked about it. I mean, the key is, is to be able to take these um, victories and to take the lessons learned and to carry them through, I think, what is uh, a difficult transition through the Christmas holiday being off. You, you know, how do you how do you take all of this positive energy, carry it through December into January and then get into the Patriot League and really ride those lessons, you know, till you get to the tournament. And, and I think that's going to be the difference. And to be quite honest, I mean, I don't know that Navy has done that as well. I don't know that they've been able to capitalize on those big wins in the early part of the season and, and draw on those lessons when they needed it most. So I'm, I'm hopeful that with this team, not only will they have the depth, but they'll have the memory uh, to carry this stuff forward. They're an exciting team again, no doubt, John. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to tracking them through the Patriot League season, and hopefully they can make that step forward. As I mentioned, Tim Taylor's ladies they had a struggle of it. They continued to struggle with the uh, with the injuries and coming off of that early season adversity. They dropped one to Albany last Wednesday, and then they dropped another one on Saturday uh, to Mount St. Mary's up in Emmitsburg by nine. Uh, Tim Taylor continues to ap- apply the trade and try to implement his system, but right now it's been a struggle early on in the season. We wish them good luck as they continue to try to overcome Hey, ladies and gentlemen, last week we talked to Coach Kerry Colat about the Navy wrestling team hosting the 44th annual Navy Classic at Wesley Brown, and all they did was place third among 12 teams, and I mean 12 teams with good wrestlers. Uh, this Their third place finish marks the 37th time they placed in the top three in this annual tournament. Although Navy didn't crown an individual champion, nine of its 19 wrestlers placed, which is tied for second most by one team. Same old names right here. Jacob Kozer, Jacob Lucas, the plebe, uh, advanced to the semifinals in the 197-pound weight class. Grady Grice used a major and two decision victories to advance to the finals. Unfortunately, he lost the championship out to number eight nationally, Wyatt Hendrickson. Uh, Jacob Kozer also uh, fell in uh, the final to a guy named Silas Allred, amazing wrestling name from Nebraska. But hey, in the end, Wags, you know, after we heard Kerry Colat talking about his system, his thoughts, his overall philosophy, it is definitely sunk in. And and this is not just a Navy wrestling team that's placing. This is a Navy wrestling team that's achieving. Well, and Colad is not messing around bringing in teams like Nebraska to, uh, that was the team champion. I mean, that's serious Big 12 wrestling. That's where it happens, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know, all those great schools. Um, but, uh, you know, a tremendous performance by Navy. And, you know, John, Navy has now placed third or better 37 times in the Navy Invitational. That's uh, kind of cool, the Navy Classic, I should say. Um yeah, Colat's a competitor, and uh, he does a very good job of doing this slow ramp up. And these tournaments, these early season tournaments, 
are what really get your kids battle tested. It's also how you really figure out who exactly are our starters going into the dual meet season, which I believe begins in January with a Maryland match. Correct, John? Uh, Mid-December for Maryland, and then they kind of go on the uh, finals break. Uh, and then, yeah, in January, it gets hot and heavy. They've got to go out to Vegas for Cliff Keen, then they host Maryland. Uh, but really, really proud of uh, of what Kerry Kolat's doing. Uh, these guys are obviously achieving, so congrats to them. Volleyball, let's get into this really quick. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't watch the Navy volleyball match on Saturday up at Army, you missed what is really, truly great about the physical mission. A five-set win against Army to make it to the Patriot League finals this has been a bugaboo for Paco Labrador's ladies all year. They fought back. They won in the fifth set. It was absolutely electric. You could tell when, when the final ball dropped and they won, I think, in the fifth set, 15 to nine, um, the, the, the girls were so happy. Um, and, and watching it on ESPN Plus, it definitely came through. So hats off to Paco Labrador's ladies for getting to the Patriot League final against a really tough Colgate team. They got down two sets to nil. I thought Colgate was going to run them, but just like all year, Wags and Chris, the ladies fought back. They got it back to two, two, unfortunately ran out of gas in the fifth set and no NCAA tournament for Navy women's volleyball. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about people comporting themselves well, putting their best foot forward, representing the physical mission. Number one, getting revenge on army for the two previous losses this year. Huge going to the finals and then battling Colgate despite the early uh, the early hole we dug ourselves into. There is absolutely nothing to uh, hang your head on. Avery Miller, the, the Llewellyn sisters, what a bunch of great competitors all year. I thought this was, you know, despite the fact that they didn't win the star and they didn't go to the NCAAs, I thought this was a great season. We're going to end, ladies and gentlemen, with two other sports who had up and down weekends. Number one, Anyone want to play for a national title again? No big deal because women's rugby is doing it. I don't care if it's like the lower level national title, the higher level national title. If it's called a national title, I'm pretty effing pumped that we're playing for it. And how is women's uh, rugby playing for the national title on December 3rd down in, I, I believe it's Charlotte, or maybe it's another scenic part of North Carolina in December. There are many of them. They went out and murdered Northeastern 52 to five in Annapolis last weekend. Uh, that earns them the berth in the championship game against Utah State. You know, because who doesn't want to travel from Ogden, Utah out to North Carolina to play in a women's rugby national title game? But that's what Murph McCarthy's ladies are going to do on December 3rd. We're going to have him on the pod next week, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about this matchup. Huge, huge feather in the cap for women's rugby playing in the national title again, just like last year. And uh-oh, spoiler alert, they won last year. So winner, winner, chicken dinner, that's what we do. Water polo. They went up to Fordham this weekend to play in the Mid-Atlantic Water Polo Conference Tournament. After getting a big win over Mercyhurst uh, on Friday night, they dropped the next round game to Bucknell, which was a tough one. They turned around, turned frowns upside down by beating Hopkins on Saturday. And then in the fifth place game against a tough Wagner team that punked them earlier this year, they got a big 17-14 win. Congrats to Louis Nicolau and Waterpolo. I'm really proud to have followed this team all year. And for them to end it on a win against a really tough Wagner team, hats off to them. We are going to go to break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, we're going to have an interview with Matt Munley. 
And then after that, we've got a little women's basketball interview, and then we'll take this baby out. This is Sing Second Sports. This podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible without the support of our sponsor. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure Ava Marie and I were talking about earlier in this podcast? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pod. All right, we are back. And as John mentioned in the intro, uh, today was the big uniform reveal. He was down at the mid-store and uh, some of you saw that he did a Instagram live from the parking lot and then we put up pictures. Uh, we're really happy to be joined by Matt Munley, um, a senior rep from the Naval Academy Athletic Association and good friend of the pod. Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you guys are really scraping the bottom of the barrel if you have to do with me. No, Matt, you're going to take us through this big reveal, uh, give some uh some insight and some context on how we got here, the the NASA-themed uniforms for this year's Army-Navy game. And then would love to hear, um, you know, if there are any tickets left for Army-Navy and how fans could get those tickets if there are any left. So let's start with the uniforms, Matt. Uh, tell us a little bit about how we got to today's big reveal. Well, I, I, this starts years in the making, I would assume. You know, Greg Morgenthaler and his crew and the and the Under Armour crew, they they have all these things in the bank, and then they come up with with different things because it takes so long to produce. Um, so they'll do a, a nice vetting process, and and everyone agrees, and then off they go, right? So this started probably 13 months ago, maybe more, and then um, they'll get together. And this year they used uh, 120 Creative Studios with Mike Pastoris. Um, to help craft what you saw today, maybe from an email or a social media standpoint and um, what they did with the video with it's Matt Bergbauer who did last year's and, and James Quants, um, the very, very talented group. So it's nice to see. And then obviously marketing gets involved and, and they get their hands wrapped around things with sports information. And then they, they send out, you know, the hype video and uh, it usually gets rave reviews and hopefully this year it did too. I'm not a social media person. You know, being on the ticket side, you really don't want to be a social media person because I don't I don't think anyone's saying thanks for all those great seats that they got. I mean, you know, the majority of people are not. Are we not always say thank say you that. in our house for the great seats that we get. Correct. I know that it's you who and your staff, the unsung heroes of uh, of Navy <laughs> athletics. So allow me to say thank you. I'm sure John will say the same, but thank you to your entire staff for all that you do. So, Matt, oh, that, is that a pitch for 
Ireland 2023. Or? It, it may, it may be. Yeah. yeah we're, <laughs> we're all about, uh, we're all about laying the groundwork for future favors. Uh, as you all know, we've never asked you for anything in our lives and never will, but like talk about the timing of this because space seems to be, uh, kind of in the conversation now, right? Like Caleb Barron was just up there. Nicole Anapu just went up. Uh, you've got Artemis, yeah, you know, just going by the moon right now. Um, you know, w- was this planned or is this just kind of really good timing that we came out of the Top Gun theme last year, went to a NASA theme, and we just happened to have a bunch of Naval Academy NASA NASA astronauts? Uh, is, is there method to the madness? Honestly, you know, if if you think back to last year's review reveal, you know, Top Gun was supposed to come out the year before. And you, you didn't think Artemis would be up at this point in time because they never really give you a, a projected timetable, right? Or accurate, let's say. But I will say this, though. It kind of is a good omen, I think. You know, if, if we get those two done and the same thing happens this year, I think we're in good shape. Wags? Well, just something interesting, John. The Several other schools have done space-related uniforms. Rice has done it because they're near the Houston Space Center. Central Florida has done six straight seasons of space-themed uniforms because of their connection to, you know, Kennedy Space Center there in Canaveral. And uh, Purdue, don't ask me why Purdue's doing space uniforms, but then remember that earlier this season, Air Force wore the Space Force uniforms against Navy. So uh, Greg Morgenthaler, the equipment manager for Navy, actually said this idea has been four years in the making. It's been discussed for quite some time and they're just waiting for the appropriate time to unveil it. And, uh, you know, obviously he believes that Navy is much more deserving of having space related uniforms than any of those aforementioned schools. Yeah. Well, it, and I remember this from my PAO days that the, that the Naval Academy has the most by number astronauts in the program historically and present day and Purdue was number two, which makes sense. Um, yeah, because they have such a really good program there. Um, yeah, it, on, on that note, Matt, you've watched this. You, you have been in the administration for years and years before there was a uniform reveal. And now with the advent of uniform reveals, the impact of digital media, I know you say you're not a big social media guy, I've seen a bunch of your TikTok videos. That seems to be a falsehood. But, you know, from your perspective as an administrator and as an administrator, I respect greatly. How have you viewed this evolution of the uniforms, of the game, of NIL, of sponsorship, of marketing, of digital media? How do you evaluate all this? Is it wild, wild west or is it for the good of the game? All right. First of all, if I'm on TikTok, it certainly isn't on a government issued computer because we are not allowed to do that. <laughs> Second, it is. It's quite amazing, isn't it? It was a nice, hey, let's do a supplemental helmet. And that that dates back like to the 60s, right? When they would do a nice helmet. And now it is, it really focused in the beginning from a recruiting, you know, if this is what the players want. And then, then, then you know, we lose focus sometimes with history, tradition. I shouldn't say lose focus. We have focus on history and tradition, but sometimes we forsake what the youth wants, you know, as in the present day midshipmen, what they would look forward to. And I think this is just a reversal of that. And then, 
you know, in years to come, we'll probably have those people saying, Hey, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be have traditional uniforms, but, but I think we've taken that part and the NIL and it's like you're saying, it's an evolution and Under Armour is a strong partner with what Greg and his crew are doing. And then it, it just gives, when you give like the young guys in the marketing department and this 120 creative studios, I mean, when you give those guys the talent, uh, the ability to showcase it, similar to what we do out on the field, it, it just, it's just a positive, you know, some people, it's just positive for, for everything. And, uh, you know, NIL, all that stuff, you know, we can't do it. We can't participate in it. Um, but our guys are here and girls are here for a, a bigger purpose than, you know, a paycheck at the end of the day. Even when you're talking to these kids and these student student athletes here, it, it's just different. And, and I have a student athlete and a daughter at another school. It's just different. It's just different here. Yeah. And, and Matt, you bring in a unique perspective in that you, you are married to a graduate. You're the father of a graduate. You're also the father of, of two Senior. other student athletes. Um, you know, who are involved in, in athletics at other schools um, and also the father of a fairly good baseball player at Broadneck High School, who I happen to like a little bit. But, you know, from from your perspective and, and you see it straight up, has there been a correlation between uniforms and ticket sales? Like it, you, your bottom line is standing in front of Chet and saying, hey, we sold X number of tickets. Do you think this actually helps ticket sales in the end? It has to, right? I think everything helps ticket sales from the way that you're presenting yourself to, to the press releases that we send out to this podcast. Any way that you can put um, the athletic department in, in a good light will lead to that. And sometimes that gets lost, you know, in people's individual jobs, but ultimately, you know, we only have a 34,000 seat stadium. There's only so much money we can raise from, from ticket sales. So games like the Navy Notre Dame game, games like the Army Navy game, those will bring to the athletic department. It, it, I wouldn't say a windfall, but they're just critically important revenue, right? So, so it does. So this game, for this Army Navy game, we sold out in June and and we had 10,000 more seats last year, obviously, for the entire stadium than this year because MetLife is much bigger. But this is almost like a celebration of COVID now, once again, uh, being over, right? If it in actuality is. Um, but everyone's fired up to go back to Philly. And, and it, it was tight this year. It's tight to this point. You know, there there's one or two people that we can try to help out because for some reason they've been buying tickets for 20 years and they just forgot or, or there's an alum that just came off deployment and, and we need to help them. But for most part, this has been the toughest ticket um, that we've had probably in the 20 years that I've been here. Well, it has to help that they just beat the number 17 ranked team in the country uh, down in central Florida, which Wags was front and center for Wags. I'll give you the uh, last question for Matt. Well, first and foremost, uh, we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Matt Munley. He is a senior associate AD, and I'm curious you, how many people in the athletic department have been there longer than you. You've been there since 2002, and you previously were at Navy from 95 to 99. I mean, Strassmeyer, Eric Rudin, I, I don't know 
you've got to be high on the 10 year tenure list, right? Yeah, I think Strauss wrote the press release for the crypt, though, didn't he? When that was put in. So I think that's true. So he's been here the longest. His I World War II press releases are epic. <laughs> I, I had a quick question. You mentioned Army Navy is always sold out well in advance of the game. Why don't you tell the folks, how do you guarantee your Army Navy tickets? Do you have, you, if you get the season package, you're in on Army Navy, correct? Uh, you have the ability. So if you purchase the season ticket package, when you're purchasing the season ticket package or your renewal, you have the ability to purchase Army Navy. So it's important, right, for next year, you want to donate to the blue and gold and you want to renew your season tickets and you want to do that uh, when those come out in February. But our day of giving, our Giving Tuesday is actually coming up the Tuesday after Army Navy, uh, rather uh, Thanksgiving. So that's an important day. But in, in order to get in for this year, because we have Notre Dame in Ireland and we have the Army Navy game in Foxborough next year in Boston. So it's important, but easily accessible. You know, if you're going to donate or become a season ticket holder, that's that's an easy in. And those start in February. And like we said, we don't sell, we didn't sell out this year until June. So we sort through and we have different sales dates that go on. And, you know, we publish all that on our website. Well, Matt, from the Sing Second Sports Podcast, you've been behind us from the very get-go when we started this during COVID, and you've been a great supporter since. Thank you so much for for your perspective and your knowledge uh, here on Uniform Reveal Day. And uh, for more information, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cervello does the reads every week, but get on to NavySports.com, get on there, get your tickets, get your Admiral's Row spot for next year, and continue to support the athletic mission of the Naval Academy. Matt Munley, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks, guys. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we have our next segment. This is Sing Second Sport. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Mark your calendars for the weekend of November 26 and 27 and make plans to visit Navy's Winter Wonderland at Alumni Hall. Navy men's basketball hosts Mount St. Mary's at 11 a.m. on the 26th. And the Navy women's basketball team will be hosting the Navy Classic all weekend long. Throughout the weekend, fans can visit the Winter Wonderland, which will be filled with holiday activities for kids of all ages. And the best part? Admission to all five games being played at Alumni Hall for the weekend is free. Also, don't forget about the Kid Shipman Club. The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. To register, visit NavySports.com. I can't think of anything better in the kids' stocking than a membership to the Kid Shipman Club. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Sing Second Sports Podcast. It's time for our alumni segment. And we're continuing our preview of Navy women's basketball by bringing in friend of the pod, Ashley Pelzik, class of 06, former team captain. And also joining her today is class of 05, Navy women's basketball alum, Abby Dryden. You might remember her as Abby Campbell when she laced him up for the mids back in 05. Um, number one, ladies, welcome to the podcast. Number two, Abby, I'm going to throw you right under the bus, right into the fray. You were there uh, last week when uh, Navy kicked off their uh, season at William & Mary. You're a resident down there. You're a basketball alum. 
Uh, we talked to Coach Taylor on the pod last week about what happened. He mentioned the injury to the freshman point guard, but also the energy around the team. Number one, welcome to the pod. Number two, what was your evaluation as you watched them live? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, they totally took me by surprise. I've seen at least two or three games every year, and this team just felt and looked different. They were, you know, like you said, like high energy, really enthusiastic, and just generally, um, like you could just feel the good teammates. It was cool to see like young kids and um, like young plebes playing, right? And then I, I feel like the only other thing that really stood out was just how many people played. Like there was no, there was no like set lineup that was that played most of the game. It was like subbing every three and four minutes and um, just really, really cool to see. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm here in Richmond. Kate Sampson, like you said, is, is our hometown hero. So like on top of that, we probably had more than half of the fans at the William and Mary game. Well, Abby, everyone knows about Pels. Uh, in fact, we get, you know, hate mail all the time. Too much Pels, always too much Pels, particularly from our teammates. <laughs> That's kind of weird, but, uh, but uh, introduce the listeners to to you. You know, what did you do when you graduate? What graduated? What do you? What did you service assign? And and from 05 up to 2022, catch us up to the Cliffs notes of uh, what Abby Dryden's been up to. All right, cool. So I, um, like you said, I graduated in 2005. Um, got to coach basketball for like five months after graduation, which was awesome. Like helped run the camps and all that good stuff. And um, chose service or service selected uh, service warfare. So good old SWO here. And um, met my ship right away on the coast of Africa, right? Like they said, here are your orders. You're meeting your ship tomorrow in Rota, Spain. Had to look up where that was. And um, did five years active duty. I feel like my claim to fame was that I got out exactly five years, May 27th, 2010. Um, but then actually joined up um, with the reserve over in Stuttgart, Germany, where my husband, who is a also a 2005 graduate, but he was a Navy football player, met him over in Germany. And um, the Navy, I like to say, like lulled us back to sleep with this great assignment in Germany. And we were like, let's just stay in for one more tour. So he um, did the department head thing and I joined him and still, um, like I said, doing all the Navy reserve stuff. And that was Hawaii. And that kind of started the, um, the, uh, baby train. So I've had four children. We had four children in four years and, um, luckily had the opportunity to stay home with them and raise them so far and still doing the Navy reserve stuff. So coming up on 18 years, I'm a commander and I work um, at the joint staff down in Suffolk doing wargaming and experimentation. So um, good life here in Richmond, Virginia. I coach two basketball teams and coach a shooting clinic on Sundays. So it's still involved in the youth sports world. It's uh, definitely very different from when I grew up, but we just try to keep it fun and lighthearted for the Dryden kids. And uh, hopefully they'll be good shooters like Pels and I are one day. And and John, one thing to add about Abby is she's also one of five kids. So one of five Campbells and they were all college athletes. So it just runs in their blood. They're absolute specimens. And she didn't bring that up either. So yeah, I, I can already imagine that the kids, you know, products of a Navy football player and a Navy basketball player, that they're going to be a tiny bit athletic too. So, uh, 
obviously <laughs> we, we are building the superior athlete down in Suffolk, Virginia. Well, Pels, <laughs> you know, you popped in here and, and we'll, we'll get to what's been going on in your life because it's been a lot of stuff, but talk to me a little bit about what coach Taylor touched on last week, which was your guys's involvement with the team, both you and Abby, along with Adrian Mazers and some others, you know, had dinner with the team on Friday, interacted uh, during the football game on Saturday as part of coach's effort to go through and really engage with alumni. And as we've been talking to you on this pod for three years now, you know, you, you have been one of those people ultra willing to give back. Um, so what was that, what was that experience like for you to be able to mentor the current team and have an interface with them? It was awesome. I think one of the things I appreciate the most about Coach Taylor is he is really, really dedicated to bringing the alumni network back um, to the center and, and have the group really be a part of the current team. It was something that I saw maybe here and there, and Abby, you might even remember. I remember Becky Dowling came back once to speak to us, and it stood out as a vivid memory for me. Um, and occasionally we'd have an alumni or two that would come around practice, but we didn't really have these dedicated mentoring sessions. And I know Steph Pemper did a good job, at least when she was there, of getting folks back together, getting the alumni game going. Um, and that was really the the starting point for it. But of course, COVID happened, right? And it fell off. And I know Coach Taylor has really been really trying to get the group back together, but just hasn't been able to. And so for him this year, the the starting point of it was this initial alumni event where he brought us back. We did some mentorship and networking uh, you know, we had some chats with the team and it was really special. It was one of the cooler things for me was I'd looked around and most of the players that were there that had returned all played around the same time that Abby and I did. So you had uh, Kristen Kavanaugh, KK, who I didn't overlap with, but she was the captain when Abby was a plebe. Um, and I got to know her throughout the years. And then we had Nikki Curtis, uh, now Nikki Betts, um, Whitney Davidson, um, who also uh, made a name there, and and a few others, like you mentioned, Adrian and myself. And it was just such a cool opportunity to tell the team what we did. And I think we all discovered a little something about each other while we were talking to the team. And it's that none of us did what we expected or hoped to do right after we graduated. We all went in some sort of different, unique path uh, that wasn't what we had set out to do. And we all loved it. And we all fell kind of where we were supposed to. And the team we saw, as Abby mentioned, it was awesome to see such a young group of faces. You mentioned the transition from Jen Coleman. You know, we were able to talk to them Friday night, and then we actually went to practice Saturday morning, got to see the team play. They are amazing. They run the ball. They push. The, the transition game is so fun to watch. They're all there for each other. You know, you've got a handful of three seniors. You've got Cindy Watts as a junior. But they don't seem intimidated or uh, worried that there's all these young folks. In fact, they all seem very excited to play together. And I, I haven't seen them play as Abby has in the game yet, but it was awesome to see a team that's so cohesive because it was no fault of the team last year. I just felt like they really couldn't get that spark where you felt like the team was all on the same page all at the same time. And I already saw it in their first weeks of practice. So I know coach Taylor's really excited about that. And as you mentioned, having the, when I talked to him offline afterwards, you know, he just said, He's so happy to have the, the players there that he has together now because it's been a long time coming for them to really get that, that freshman group in that they have. And it sounds like they have an amazing group for next year as well. So it'll be exciting to see them. Yeah, it's great perspective, Pels. And, and Abby, I have to ask you, we, we've, we've asked so many guests on this podcast, and I'll put you on the spot as, as it's your first time on here. What did you impart upon the players that you were able to interact with when you came back? Because the, the whole focus of Sing Second Sports is to talk about 
what lessons the physical mission imparted upon you, whether it was taking the PRT twice a year um, or having to play intramurals or being a D1 athlete or being an elite D1 athlete, you all went out and whether you're on the kid train, having four kids in four years, a reservist, active duty, whatever you're up to, you're drawing upon those lessons that you learned upon the fields of friendly strife. What for you was that lesson that you imparted to them when you were able to talk? What a great question. Um, you know, I think for me, the, the lessons that I learned um, as a teammate and as um, a company mate, all of the things um, at the Naval Academy, I think learning how to work with others and, you know, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, um, all of those seem, things seemed a little cliche when you're at the Naval Academy living and breathing it every day, right? But now um, removed from it, um, I think that is what has like shaped my life. And that's what I would impart upon, um, you know, they, they are, they're, they're, they're young women. And um, that's being a teammate and learning how to, uh, how to work with such different people like that, that kind of thing is going to pay off not only in their naval career, but, you know, in their civilian world as well. So um, that's what I would take away and probably tell them that like you being a good teammate and you working on being a good teammate and being a good company mate, those are, those are going to play pay dividends for the rest of your life. So for the two of you, and I'll start with you Pels, before we go out, give me your season preview. You know, we've heard from coach Taylor, uh, Wags has, has weighed in, um, you know, and, and his piece in the Capitol, uh, will be out soon, but um, how, how do you see this team coming together? And let's take note of what Coach Taylor told us last week on the pod, which is, you know, the freshman point guard has a long-term uh, injury, which might impact the entirety of the season. How do you see this going? And, and is it going to be the same old, same old in the Patriot League with the, with the same powerhouse teams that we're going to try to have to crack through? Pels? Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, if I sort of use a reflection of last season versus this season, because I've seen those two teams play in their recency. And I think the difference with last season, as I said, there was a lack of cohesion, a lack of size. So the team was pretty small uh, and a lack of scoring capability, right? So you had firepower. There were individuals and players that are good, and some of them are still here, right, From as the returners. You got Mimi, Sydney, a handful of uh, Sue Ellen. You got all these these great players, um, or Llewellyn. Um, but they... What I, what I see is I see a lot of complementary players now for them. Um, these, these freshmen are awesome. They're, they're tall. They're fast. They push the ball. They can shoot. They've got all the pieces there. And I know with Tony, that's a, that's a difficult injury to bear. But, you know, if the momentum went out in one game, they have so much time left. So they have time to figure out who they are, what other players can slot in. The point card position is an important one. But if you can make up for that with a couple of good ball handlers, bring a sort of a two front out, um, if they don't really have that true point guard to back that position, um, I don't really see it as being a huge hiccup. And in fact, maybe it allows themselves to establish an identity where then she comes back and it's just a huge added bonus as opposed to being a really difficult thing to bear early. So I, I see this being an early uh, point of adversity for them to face. But if they're playing a lot of players, if they're getting a lot of scoring that's well-rounded, that's critical. And I even see, you know, from last week, Sydney obviously had her career high, uh, but a couple other folks scored double figures. Um, and then you've got a, a good spread of points thereafter. And I'm encouraged by even how many points they scored in game one, because Abby, as we remember, you know, the first couple of games of the season, you're really trying to figure yourselves out. Uh, you're trying to figure out who's going to be sort of the go-to lead on the court, 
um, how the defense is going to gel and work together. And if a, if a, a team this junior came out that strongly and scored as many points as they did, I think what the fourth highest first quarter scoring uh, in team history, that's, that's a pretty good sign of what, what's to come. So again, not having seen this team play in a game yet, it's I, just what I saw in practice and the, the enthusiasm and how, how much they like each other. I can't stress enough how well the team gets along to me is one of the most important parts of how well a team does. And it's what allowed the team when Abby and I were there to do well our last two years uh, because we really just trusted each other. Abby, what, what's your take on the season ahead? I will echo everything Pelt said. Like you can, you can definitely see and feel that energy and like how cool to have all of these freshmen, not only like playing, but they are an integral part of, you know, of their offense, their defense, everything. Um, Kate Sampson in the middle, like that's going to be something that is, that is a crucial piece. And as a, you know, uh, perimeter player myself, like, I feel like they are, I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but when you get a center, like someone like Kate Sampson that can handle the ball at the top of the key and make those overhead passes and then has literally like, they were basically giving her alley-oops. She was, she was awesome to watch. That's going to be a huge component to their offense. And I think, um, you know, facing that kind of adversity, like Pell said at the beginning of the year, like they can overcome this. It, it, it like hurt my heart watching her be carried off the court. So like the way that her teammates rallied, you could just see, you know, they, it, 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 it hurt, it cut deep, but they're going to, they're going to be fine. They're going to be great. I think, um, yeah, the, the Patriot league is one of those, leagues that um you know it, it's anybody's game like it once the once the patriot league season rolls around and navy is is well established in their offense i think they're going to do really well and i think what's going to be to their benefit is they're going to surprise a lot of people i think they'll probably be um the underdogs in a lot of matches but i think that they're going to come through pr- pretty big i'm i'm excited yeah, we're excited here, too, at the Sing Second Sports Podcast, and we'll continue to bring everyone the the results and the interviews and the analysis, um, you know, through Pels, Coach Taylor, and everyone throughout the year. We we do think that great things are on the horizon. Coach Taylor gets it, and, and dang, it's like this isn't the old seamanship and navigation pickup game out there, like a bunch of six-footers running the floor like Gazelle. Um, I, I think great things are ahead for Navy women's basketball. Before we get out, I've got to channel my Meg Ryan from uh, the first Top Gun movie, which I know Pels is going to appreciate. There are hearts breaking all over this nation tonight. And that's because since the last time we talked to her, Ashley Pelzik is off the market. She got married. Pels, congratulations, number one. Where was the honeymoon? And uh, yeah, what, what's the future hold for you now that you're... Uh, that you're a married lady. <laughs> Thanks, John. I was actually realizing halfway through this, I'm like, I need to start changing my name in more places because it's now actually Ashley Ferguson, which I'm still getting used to. But uh, the wedding was amazing. Abby was there uh, with a handful of other Navy women's basketball players demonstrating that we never miss a good party uh, or, or and we're always the first ones on the dance floor. But uh, that was awesome. We had all our friends and family in the Boston where we're both from, you know, the area. Uh, had the wedding at the Old North Church, so we got to sign the registrar that Paul Revere signed when he got married there. Been there since 1723, I believe. Um, and then we had the reception at the Museum of Science. So very, very Boston wedding. Uh, it was an awesome time. It felt like it went by in about 30 seconds for me, but I think everyone else had 
a little bit, got to enjoy it or uh, at least experience it, you know, in a uh, more normal time pace. Um, and we haven't done our honeymoon yet. We're leaving December 2nd to go to New Zealand uh, in Australia for just about two and a half weeks. So really looking forward to that right before the holidays. Congratulations to you from Sing Second Sports. Abby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We welcome you on and can't wait to have you on again. And from us to you guys, we can't wait to talk to you again and the best of luck. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we have our next segment. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, one more reminder. Go to NavySports.com. Go to your Navy gear sites and get the Army-Navy gear, that NASA-themed gear. Get it today. We talked about it being rolled out almost a full three weeks ahead of the Army-Navy game. It gives you plenty of time for your visit to Philadelphia so you have it when you have that Army-Navy party with your friends or so that you have it under the tree when you give it to your favorite Navy fan this Christmas. Do not miss out on this amazing opportunity to rep the mids as they take on and hopefully beat Army again this year. Now back to the pod. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, awesome podcast this week. Before we go out, I'm going to give everyone a chance for last takes. This has been an eventful year. Um, There's a lot still to come, but we are reaching the end of the fall season, which I think has been amazing here in the third year um, of the Navy Sting Second Sports Podcast. We've got Army-Navy coming up. We've got the star meet uh, up at Army for men's and women's swimming. We're going to bring you stuff on that. And as I said, the national title for the women's rugby team on December 3rd. Wags, before we go out, what are you looking forward to other than a little bit of downtime before uh, before Army-Navy? Three whole weeks off. What are you going to do with yourself? Uh, Army-Navy stories. It's a, a, an incredible week. I'm actually glad to have lead time to get preparation on some of these. And then also we'll try to you know do a wrestling preview and maybe hit some sports that have not gotten as much attention because of the focus on the football program. I will say this, John, I really uh, speaks volumes for the, the football team, what they've done here during this very grueling stretch. Uh, Navy was, you know, had almost guaranteed a losing season going into this stretch against Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and Central Florida. It would have been easy to, to envision three really blowout losses, and it was the opposite. Navy played Cincinnati tough, almost came back in – incredible upset of Notre Dame and then beating central Florida is just huge. I mean, that team was 20th ranked in the college football playoff poll and uh, was seemed a lock for the American athletic conference championship. So I think it speaks volumes for football showing heart and really stepping up here in a very grueling stretch of the season. Chris Ravello. Hey John, thanks. So I'll um I'll share my thoughts on uh, today's uniform reveal. I mean, I you know kudos to the team, the entire team that Matt Munley talked about and putting together um, what appears to be a very popular uh, uniform. Uh, if you you know uh, believe what you see thus far on social media, so really happy for them. And as a grad, I hope it makes a ton of money, and I I hope that uh, the players are excited by it. I do think it is possible to look at the uniform, like the design, be excited about the reveal, but not love it. And I would put myself in that category. And I'll tell you why. And and I, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm bagging on it because I'm not. I, I think it looks great. I think they're going to go up to Philadelphia and they'll look great on national TV. 
I just didn't, was not a huge fan of them tying themselves to NASA. I mean, I get that the Academy has more uh, astronauts than, than anybody else. I, I'm just a huge fan of the fleet uniforms. I loved last year, was not a huge fan of the crypt. I just love it every time they link it to the fleet. Um, and for me, NASA was a little bit of a stretch. Um, so I'll, that's my grumpy grad, uh, you know, take. But I also recognize I'm not the audience, that it's the current players, it's the future uh, recruits, and it's um, sort of America writ large. And I think they'll all three of those key audiences will and do love it. Uh, so I wish the guys a, a, a bunch of luck uh, as they get ready for Army. Yeah, I'll tell you, as I was rolling through the mid-store doing my retiree thing, other than correcting, you know, dirtbag midshipmen on their gig lines, all I was doing was listening to them and their feedback and every single mid to a man and a woman, they were like, this is tight. This is a And they were using adjectives that I can't possibly use on this podcast or else, you know, I'll injure my tongue and, and lose all of my cred, but they were using adjectives that were very, uh, that were very complimentary, or at least it seemed complimentary of the uniform. I, I do believe, and, and I will give them credit on this. Number one, Let's not reveal the uniform at 2 p.m. on the same day that the men's national team is playing their first World Cup match in eight years. Just a small point. No big deal. But I will I will give credit that this is the earliest reveal in a while and doing it before kids go home for Thanksgiving so that they can bring home a bunch of stuff for Thanksgiving. Good marketing move. Revealing it at the very same millisecond that the World Cup match starts. Not a great marketing move. But I, I like it. I've got all the gear here. My kids seem to like it, or at least they just like material things. Um, but I, I, I really, I, I love the uniform reveal every year. Now I'm going to get something every year and have it in my, have it in my closet. You know, so and hopefully we can have like a, you know, a whole, a whole time, time range. I'll second the timing part because um, as somebody that lives outside of Annapolis and tries to order gear for the kids so that they have it in time for Army Navy. This extra week is is huge uh, for them to be able to get it. So uh, again, that's a huge plus. I, I also, to your point about the World Cup, the way the U.S. played against Wales, I would almost criticize the U.S. soccer team for scheduling the soccer match the same time the Naval Academy was unveiling their Army-Navy uniforms. So I think it's more of a hit on U.S. soccer than it is on the Naval Academy, John. Yeah, an unfortunate 1-1 draw um, against the Welsh Hey, guys, awesome pod, awesome Thanksgiving week. Let me say this, amongst all the other crap, complaining about uniforms, complaining about weather, complaining about anything, this pod is an absolute gift, a, a window and an access into the staff, faculty, athletes, and coaches of the Naval Academy in order to tell their stories of the physical mission. If it wasn't the Central Florida win, or the uniform reveal today, or the two-set comeback for women's volleyball, or the opportunity to play for a national title for women's rugby. Across the board, I could not be happier um, to be a part of this experience. And so thank you for letting us deliver these stories. We'll continue to, uh, to do it better for WAGS and Chris Cervello. I am John Schofield. Have a great Thanksgiving. Please be safe driving home. Everybody out there, please, please, Get home safe and get back safe. And let's finish this semester strong. This is Sing Second Sports. We love you all. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod 
are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segment.